All right, hello, Internet. Uh, Mike and Andy here, and uh, we've got a good one for you today. We um, we just spent an hour and a half-ish, so this is a long episode, but we were talking to uh, a, a man named Godless, Is that's his online name, and uh, we'll give you a bit of context for how we have run into him uh, during the interview. But um, this is somebody who calls himself an agnostic atheist, and he explains what he means by that. And uh, the goal for, for this conversation was to, to hear his story and to hear his journey and to hear what he thinks are good arguments on, and bad arguments on both sides. And, and so we weren't, you know, some of you who the, the more debating types are going to be sitting there going, well, you could have said this, you could have responded <laughs> oh, with yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but that, that wasn't what we were doing. Towards the end, um, he raised some, some, uh, some good issues that, that I think will be fun to respond to in, uh, in future weeks. But the, the goal was just to sit down like we would be sitting over chips and salsa yeah. at Coors Light and, uh, and, or Chemex. Or, or Corona, if we're talking chips and salsa, I and, guess. And uh, no, Coors Light's good for everything. Uh, you don't change your beer like you change your clothes, Andy. Hmm. You have one. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I might argue that. Yeah. Oh, that. I know you would. Um, so, so this is a great, this is a great conversation and, um, and it was, it was just oriented towards hearing uh, a bit of his journey as someone raised in the church to someone who is outspokenly, um, an agnostic atheist and what that's like. And so anyway, all the details are there. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Ireland and the Vox World Headquarters in Brea, California, which does not sound nearly as cool and exotic. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> we are thrilled to be talking to our new friend, Godless. And, uh, and Godless is um, uh, the host of uh, a podcast called Godless Go. Yeah, it's the Metal Sucks podcast. Yes, and what's the what's the? If you had to describe, I've listened to uh, several episodes. If you had to describe it for the 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 non listener, how would you do so? Well, we've got um, we've been fortunate enough to get interviews with uh, the the you know most incredible musicians within the extreme metal movement, and so we tag that along with current events that are going on in metal in that community and and that is the the basis of the podcast um and you and do it add, and, and you do it with chuck yeah chuck is my partner chuck in in uh austin texas is a uh, is a bit of a metal celebrity in that he runs a uh a, a metal show on the the local radio commercial radio station and you know he's at every single show and all that sort of stuff and I was just fortunate enough to, you know, be the one that he asked to join him when, when you know, he decided he wanted to start doing something uh, uh, more talk-based. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's been great since we've been doing it for about four years now. Um, if we've built up a really great audience, that's been fantastic. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough that we, we get uh, uh, a lot of support on our, our Patreon, which is at chuckandgodless.com. And, and nice. so um, I've been always like trying to do things for our Patreon supporters that is kind of like neat. And um, one of the things that I always get lots of questions about and what I hear and I read people having concerns, not only on, on the um, atheist side, but on the Christian side, oh, yeah, any religion, any theist side, is, uh, you know, the, the idea of raising uh, someone secular. So um, my son, who's now uh, 12 years old, is very well-spoken. And uh, has his entire life has been raised godless. So 
he and I have begun doing a, a podcast just for our Patreon supporters, oh, wow. just convers- yeah. conversations with him about his perspectives. And for me, it's really interesting, although we, you know, I think we communicate really well, you know, on our day-to-day life. Um, but the opportunity to put him in front of a microphone and ask him one of those questions that you hear somebody put on a forum or something like that hmm. uh, in response to an article is really, really interesting to hear what, from his perspective, what he thinks, what he, how he felt he's been left out of things and uh, other things that he feels strongly about and how his friends have reacted and, you know, that sort of thing. It's been really kind of fun. Oh, that's awesome. What's the, okay, so that's, that's at chuckandgodless.com is where you would find that in, in, for, yeah. for Patreon supporters. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's Patreon supporters only. I, I'll find a home for it someday. But it, uh, I was curious to see what people, how people reacted to it, but now the reaction's been, well, uh, now maybe I'll stick it out in the, the, the internet. Yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah. So, so we, we uh, first discovered Godless um, through... Uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, Mark, who Solomon, yeah. Mark Solomon, who had done a conversation on the Pastor with No Answers podcast, and uh, and and we got to listen to Godless over a couple of episodes and Mark talk, and then um, it's so fun to be able to have you on, my friend. Um, part of part of what I I, I want to start with is you wrote a, a really interesting blog post uh, that kind of talked a little bit about where you find yourself. And so it's not, you, I, I thought you used a really interesting term to describe yourself, an agnostic atheist. And could you talk a little bit about what that is? And then and then if it's okay, I'd love to hear about the journey to that from where you started. Yeah. So um, uh, first of all, when I heard that poor Mark Solomon had spent months <laughs> in turmoil <laughs> in turmoil over that conversation, I felt so bad. Oh, no. uh, I, I never want to have that kind of effect on on anybody. I, I always like it if, when there's, a, oh, you know, you made me think, but I don't want anybody to like, you know, be losing sleep or anything. Oh my goodness, I felt so bad. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so so it's funny because you know people will say, oh, I'm a, a theist, and somebody else will say, oh, I'm an atheist, and then somebody else will go, well, I'm kind of in the middle, I'm agnostic. But that's really kind of the wrong use of the terminology. Um, the the there, there's theism and there's Gnosticism, and theism is what you know, and Gnosticism is what you believe. So if you are a Gnostic theist, for example, then you uh, you would think that there's a God because you are Gnostic, and um, you uh, would know that there is a God because you are a theist. So, um, uh, do I have that right? I hope I've got that right. And I didn't flip them. Flip them. I want to check my blog post, make sure I got it right. I know I got it then there. Uh, so with me, you know, do I, I, uh, think there is a God? Probably not. Right. But do, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yes, I did get it back. Yeah. So athe- atheism would be, what do you believe? Atheism or theism is what you believe. Gnosticism is what you know. Yeah. I apologize. No, no worries. So, uh, so with Gnostic, if a Gnostic atheist would know that there's not a God and not Correct. believe that there is a God. Correct. And I generally, and, you know, like everybody's brain, it, you know, sometimes I waver. Sometimes I, I, I uh, you know, will hear somebody speak and I go, well, that makes a lot of sense in another way. No, nope. All right. Now I, now I feel this way strongly and I, it changes. It evolves. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but I, I, 
I uh, do not think that there is a God, so I am an atheist. Uh, but I don't know that there's not a God. Understood. I, so that makes me an agnostic atheist. Yes. Which is which is such an interesting distinction. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. So so, but you didn't start there, right? If you if you oh. wouldn't mind, yeah, we're tell us tell us a bit about you know because I this is I, I tried to find lots of background and there's not a lot out there. Uh, I'd love <laughs> to hear I'd love to hear the story of how that how that evolution came about. Well, I I was raised Catholic. Um, you know, I, I did first communion and you know CCD and you know all that stuff. Was that was that in uh, Texas? Uh, no, that was, was uh, that? A few, New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, okay. a few places that okay. our family moved around. And um, and then, you know, I got to, you know, be a, a, a teenager who was not going to wake up on a Thursday, uh, on a Sunday morning. And, uh, <laughs> you know, mom mom just said, you know, forget it. It's okay, you know. <laughs> um, but Was Catholicism but, real for you? I don't know. I think that, I mean, yes, I believe it was. Yeah, I would say so because there, there was, there. When I think back to those times, you know, you always think about the rituals and you think about uh, the symbols. Some of the symbols and the stories from CCD were so true and and so real that, yeah, I think I, I think I bought it. You know, yeah. I think I bought it pretty, pretty much. Uh, spot on. Now, as a teenager, when I walked away from it, did I give it a second thought? No. If I if I had you know uh, you know gotten hit by the truck and found myself in hell the next day, I yeah I probably would have gone. Oh, I should have thought that through. <laughs> you know? That, yeah. that would have been the reaction. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> but what was interesting is like just I mean practically weeks, probably just a few months after I was no longer going. To uh, Catholic school, I made friends with some uh, kids who had a band in the uh, uh, youth group for uh, First Assembly of God. Oh, wow. and uh, hey, we need a guitarist. I'm like, hey, I I want to jam. Yeah. So <laughs> next thing you know, I'm I'm in the band, and then I'm in part of the youth group. And before you know it, <laughs> um, you know, hand you know, hand up to the sky, and you know, I'm born again. I'm, you know, I'm I'm you know doing the the uh, yeah, I mean, it was, and and it was uh, the community that that existed in that youth group, but and feeling as like a part of something. It was, but even more than that, it was like I I was head over heels for, uh, uh, uh for the whole thing. It was like, okay, now this makes sense. This, you know, this, this is this this feels real, and and I began having dreams where Jesus would appear in my dreams. Come on and, now, that's I mean, when you whole, know you're in the assemblies of God. Let's go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, all was going well for a number of years with uh, the First Assembly of God. Um, uh, there were sort of two things that kind of shook the the uh, uh, the foundations a little bit. The first was uh, my grandfather uh, had years before given me a book, and he was a like a diehard Catholic. So uh, you know, once he had passed away, and then I go, oh yeah, I'm going to read this book that Grandpa gave me. Um, it's shocking to think that he handed it to me. <laughs> uh, it was a book called Hen's Teeth and Horse's Toes uh, by a writer biologist. Um, his name is Stephen Jay Gold. Oh, yeah. And and it was th- these really cool anecdotes about evidences for evolution, which 
you know, even in high school, I hadn't really been exposed to in any way, shape, or form. And I started going, well, this makes a lot, this makes more sense than anything I've ever read before. And explains a lot of stuff that I haven't even really thought about. And, and then I started, you know, letting that sort of percolate. But, it, you know, sort of like I, there was no reason why, after reading Hensies and Horses Toast, that I couldn't allow those ideas to coexist with my Christianity. There, there was no reason why not. Um, but, and this story is, you know, a, perhaps a little funny, but, you know, I think people could take the wrong way because they, they think that, uh, you know, like I said, community was really important to me in that first assembly of God. The youth group was brought with a bunch of other youth groups to a, uh, a, like a, a big assembly of them all. And they had this laser light show with the smoke and the, the you know, big screens and the whole thing. And, you know, I had a front row seat where this is going to be great. And on the screen, they started like flashing all of these like, um, you know, uh, people and characters and, you know, just examples of evil in the world. And and I, I, I distinctly remember just sitting there going, ah, yeah, bad, bad. Yeah, you're getting, getting us all real, like, you know, kind of almost like, yeah, we're going to get them, you know. And then I thought that the images were now transitioning to the really <laughs> awesome stuff. So here's Darwin. <laughs> no, it was Angus Young of ACDC. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, and so here we go. I I jumped out of my seat and fist pumped the air, thinking that everybody else was going to join me because who doesn't love ACDC? You know, come on, come on. Uh, there I am in my striper jean jacket. <laughs> come on. And it was it was like just in that moment, I'm looking around behind me, you know, crestfallen, embarrassed. And going, oh, wait a minute, there, I, I, I'm not a part of this community as much as I thought. You right, know? right. And, and it took another year or so after that event before I had totally peeled away. But it, it, that was like that big moment where I go, oh, okay, yeah, um, there, we, we disagree on something here, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, from out of that, I mean, for me, like the big questions were – important to me from like from from that experience in the assembly of god on that it was like i'm i gotta figure this out you yeah. know and i don't care what it takes me i don't care how many questions i need to ask it's got to take me somewhere and so you know immediately i'm i'm um i bought a, a book uh, by uh, karen armstrong called uh, yep. history of god yep. Yep. huge thick book and yep. um you know she was a nun and here was her I think trying to intend to say, Hey, look, God's always been there for you. You know, and these are just all the forms of, that he's been in. But when I read it, I was like, Oh my goodness. There's these like, you know, really, you know, practically primates <laughs> putting chalk on a wall and they don't know the answers to anything. It makes sense that they would think that, Oh, well it must be, you know, some, somebody who looks a bit like me, but they're, you know, uh, all powerful. That right. makes sense to explain a lot. And so that made me kind of go, oh, wait a minute, this is this is weird. You know, I was reading stuff on Pleiadians, on uh, um, Islam, on uh, uh, Buddhism, and, you know, just the whole thing. And I just felt lost for years. Um, lost I, lost but, in what sense? Lost. So so as you're, 
as you're reading these things and you've got the you've got the catholic background and then the, the, built like a first story kind of in the first assembly movement wh- where are you in these are the questions being welcomed had you walked away from that community like what was happening uh, congruently to to your exploring these things yeah i had i had walked away i think that you know i would um in my very immature way at 14 15 16 years old and you know, I would try to sit down with the, the pastor and, and go, hey, can you explain this to me? You know, and just never feeling satisfied yeah. uh, with the answers and, um, you know, going to my parents and asking, and, well, maybe not my dad, but my mom, definitely. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and, and just not feeling satisfied, not feeling satisfied with anything. And this is all pre-internet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's not like I just Google it. Yeah, you have to look to Striper. Yeah, yeah. The kids, the kids today don't even know that awesomeness. They have no idea what even we're talking about right now. I'm about to paint my scion black and yellow. Yes. So, so, so you've kind of walked away, walked away there. Are you? Are you? Would you have called yourself? Would you still called yourself a believer in those years? Uh, yes, probably. Um, just because I didn't have a default. Yeah, and, uh, this this sounds this makes me sound incredibly stupid, and <laughs> and it, and and looking back on it, I go, you know, it's it's such a facepalm moment, but like it never even occurred to me the idea that there wasn't a divine being. Yeah, in my twenties, like there's something. I mean, I don't know, how do you how do you explain it all? You right, know, right. It has to be something. So it, it, it's not like. You know, I would have, I, I had never explored the idea of what if there's nothing. Right. Um, in, in, in fact, my, my wife sitting right behind me, when we uh, got married, you know, we, we had hired a, a Christian minister for the, for the, uh, for the wedding. Cause you know, it was sort of like, well, That's what you know, you do. She, she was Catholic and you know, yeah, you kind of do it. And, and I was like, well, I got no objection to that. It makes a certain amount of sense, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my son was born and it was about at the same time that, you know, that, that the, you know, the much, uh, uh, a loathed, uh, four horsemen came out with, um, uh, Dawkins and, and Hitchens. And yeah. for me, I, I didn't dive into those guys so much, um, in the beginning, but only to the degree that they said, what if there's nothing? Right, mm-hmm. and, and you're and, referring and, just so listen, some listeners won't know that it's the it was the new atheism that really made a splash. Richard uh, Dawkins, Dennett, um, Sam Harris, and uh, and Christopher Hitchens uh, yeah. each published different, and they and they were essentially arguing not just for nothing, but that religion, as it had been practiced, was was in 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 some degree or another very harmful had a harmful effect on humanity. So a lot of publicity, and, and this was, what, 10 years ago, maybe? Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, 10 to 15 now, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, and, and Dennett uh, is a, a little bit more... Um, oh, he's sophisticated. Uh, he's way more. Yeah, he, he's, he, you know, when, when you would... <laughs> you. The book, if you want to get yourself really riled up and angry, is um, uh, God is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens, because you walk away from that going, you know, oh my goodness, you know, how is it that we've survived with religion, (laughs) you know? 
and that's not the the best reaction I, either. But it's uh, it is one of those readings where you know you you um, it, it's really hard to not be emotionally uh, uh, affected by a book like that. Um, uh, but yeah, so it was sort of like oh, just that that idea that what if there's nothing made me kind of step back look at my son who I thought I would have the reaction that I'd always been told of, which is what a miracle, right. you know, I, that was not a miracle. That was gross. That kid came out and his head was misshapen. Yeah, and it's slimy. It, yeah. it was, yeah, it no, was it's like, awful. that was, not, it's awful. It was not, a, not a miracle at all. I've seen this on National Geographic, you know, and, <laughs> it, and, and then afterwards, it, yeah, it just, it all started, you know, it, I didn't have that kind of reaction, and, and but the idea that that wait a minute, what if there isn't a divine being? What does that mean? That was this process where it just all of a sudden I put, kind of put that into the calculus of one issue after another, and I started going, well, I might not like these answers at all, but all these answers are making sense. Yeah, and and it, and that was sort of where it all happened and, and i think with you know every atheist has their own experience um and you know emotional turmoil and all that sort of thing for me my initial reaction which i've seen in a lot of other uh uh, uh atheists in the community i'm not very involved in the community but you know it's, once you you're out as an atheist you can you, i get a lot of communication from new atheists and that sort of thing well when, initial, when your twitter twitter handle was godless speaks you're yes, out godless you're speaks. out yeah you yes. were out exactly. <laughs> and and well, and I'll speak more to this in a, a minute, but my initial thing for like a, a couple of years was just angry. It was almost like it, 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 I was angry at, at family for lying to me, which mm. isn't true. They weren't lying to me. But at that moment, that's what I felt like. I got angry at, at, at God because I felt like this almost like abandonment, like I had put so much faith in you, and now it turns out that you were never there. How do I not be angry at that? Wow. Um, so there was a lot of that. It took a long time to work through it. Wow. And, and you'll see that oftentimes, I think, on forums will, you know, uh, I'll, you know, I'll see uh, theists and atheists debating an issue, and, you know, obviously there are people out there who are just jerk-offs for their entire <laughs> lives, but I'll see an atheist start, like, you know, doing the same thing a lot of Christians do is taking, you know, passages of the Bible out of context and, you know, all that stuff and, 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 and attacking the way that Hitchens did, uh, in, uh, in a, in a much more sophisticated way. And God is not great. And, um, and I, I, I look at that and I go, okay, yeah, I remember, I remember that anger. That makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't like it, but I understand it because I, I felt it and, and it took a long time to work through it. And, and I got to admit, in that conversation with uh, with Mark and the, and the guys on Pastor with No Answers, I'm still prone to emotionally like going right back to that because hmm. you know when you spend an entire life believing in something, being told something is true, it's really really hard to um, emotionally kind of pull pull away from that and then feel like you can kind of go, yeah, but let's talk about this calmly and rationally. <laughs> well, I, I, I find that I find that so so powerful in the sense that there's an, an intellectual journey uh, that I think many of us, if we're honest, can admit to, even if we still find ourselves in the community of, of faith. 
um, the emotional journey and the anger and the sense of betrayal that mm. that that is so so interesting to me and and how what what's been helpful in working that through just seeing that that that's a normal part of the progression or conversations with other folks who are like-minded i mean what's been helpful i it's it's a lot of different things and i don't know exactly what the um uh the best answer is because you know it, it it's like any time you 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 know, leave one relationship or uh, someone dumps you, you know, it, 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 more than anything, it really is just time. It, it helps when you find it, you know, you can date somebody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and the thing about atheism is there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so right. Yeah. You're going to be single for the rest of your life, you know, mm-hmm. and that, 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 that takes a little while, but I, I think probably time is all there is. Um, I, I think that too, a lot, of, not all, but a lot of atheists come to their non-belief as a result of uh, almost studious, rational um, consideration. And I think that for me, trying to evaluate my emotional reactions and reactions in conversations, etc., and, and trying to break it down in that same sort of calm, rational way has helped me sort of you know, uh, uh, examine it and, and hopefully recognize it when I feel my, you know, hairs going up on the back of my neck and my blood starting to boil. But, you know, I'm still a, a, a tremendous failure at that. And as, as, as the, no. that conversation with Mark demonstrates. Oh, you know? no, no. I, I, um, I'm curious what, what, as, so as you have been increasingly, um, and publicly outspoken, what are what would you say are some of the the ways that uh, Christians misunderstand or um, what are what are ways in which they mischaracterize uh, that you've heard you know that have been said to you uh, that you would that you'd say you know I, I'd want to nuance that or I'd want to say that differently or whatever I mean, what you know because I I think I could list ways that I, I feel like people mischaracterize Jesus followers I'm sure you've got ways you could say hey here's how I feel people mischaracterize uh, our tribe. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, the reason that I came out as, a, as an atheist, now mind you, not with my real name, because <laughs> I still like to get employed every once in a while, um, <laughs> is, is um, I saw the movie Milk about, uh, yeah. uh, I think it was the, the rep from uh, California, and, yep. and there's this really powerful moment where he's, you know, trying to get people to vote uh, uh, for gay rights, and and he says, "Hey, look, all of you, you got to get out. You have to tell your families that you are real, because when they they don't think they're voting against you, they think they're voting against you know this, this you know these evil, awful gay people. And but they don't realize we are who we are. They're voting against their sons, and they're voting against their daughters. They're voting against their." their brothers and sisters, you have to come out. And for me, that was really powerful. And I certainly don't want to uh, equivocate the atheist, uh, you know, any sort of uh, uh, prejudices that, that atheists have compared to somebody who is gay, because it's not even close to the same level. But that is powerful for atheists, too. And, and 
um, has an example. I, I, you know, became, you know, very sort of vocal even uh, in my social life under my real name as to uh, my non-belief. And, you know, we would be at, at dinner parties and there would be the husband of, uh, of you know, my wife's friend who would come over to me and go, hey, hey don't tell anybody, but um, I don't believe either. You know, and <laughs> you could just see this like, re- you know, almost like relief on their face. And I, you know, th- they couldn't come out to their own families because for for a lot of these misconceptions that you're talking about, which is this idea that without God, you cannot be good, or without God, you have no meaning, or, um, uh, yeah, that, that everybody's moral compass must come from, uh, you know, a, a, a a parchment that uh, was, you know, written on the side of a mountain thousands of years ago. And um, I, I don't think that is true by any stretch. Um, and it, 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 uh, it affects me when I'll, uh, you know, be talking to somebody and they will say something along the lines of, um, well, I know that I can work with so-and-so because they go to my church. Uh, or to be told, um, uh, uh, oh, you know, and you'd be reading an article that I was just reading this morning where, you know, she would say, oh, well, I can forgive because I'm a Christian. And I'm like, well, that's the, 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 the craziest idea, but it's offensive, this idea that these good qualities are somehow exclusive to the Christian community, and they are not. And But where the damage, I think, comes is that I think a lot of people are good, and they are really good. But I think a lot of people are good because they choose to be, not because they feel they have to be. Right. And mm-hmm. and it's too bad that a lot of people aren't able to take more credit for not only their, their successes, but just for being good people. So what are the things when, you, when you're in conversations, what are the... What are the um, what are the issues or the questions that still get you really cranked up that, that, you know, is it, is it evolution? Is it the problem of evil? Is it the old Testament? Is it, what are the, what are the parts that really reinforce the, the atheism part of you, uh, as you, as you, as you think of the conversations of faith that are going on out there in culture? Yeah, it's, well, I think I addressed a little bit of it there. This idea that that goodness is somehow yep. exclusive to, to Christian uh, to Christians, and, and uh, which I think is a is almost evil unto itself. Um, obviously, you know, with the GOP, GOP convention is just wrapped up, and you know, there are dozens, excuse me, dozens and dozens of examples in their platform and their entire presentation that, to me, just are. Um, anathema to a civilized society that respects people of all faiths and um, sexual orientations and, and all of that. And, 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 and is, is, ends up being just disrespectful to others. And, and I put that others in like quotes, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so it has real impact. I think those are the, the biggest things. And, and, you know, for people who don't think that it affects, um, it affects them, if you have kids 
you have them in an education system that is uh, uh, not teaching our kids uh, rational thought or teaching them science or teaching them things that are going to turn them into the, the, the kinds of people who might be able to rescue the entire world someday from disease or uh, from uh, 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 awful politics or whatever it is because they're not being taught. And, and any one of those children could be the one who, you know, becomes the next Steve Jobs, who becomes um, Nikola, Te- uh, Nikola Tesla, or whoever it is that can just radically change the world for the better. And they're not going to be able to do so because they've been hindered in their education as a result, unfortunately, of a lot of, um, uh, 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 you know, people trying to um, teach things like creationism, which I, I, I would hope that, I mean, I, with, with your podcast, with other, I hear you speaking very logically and very thoughtfully. I am sure that in your audience, there are very few, if any, people who go, yep, the, the Earth is 6,000 years old. You know, it's just, it's, there's no way, you can't be a, a, the type of person who can listen to... to <laughs> To thoughtful conversation uh, uh, recreationally, and and not have thought about that issue in some regard. But if they're out there, you know, you know, I get it. I, I get it. You know, I, I was there. I was with you, people. You know, I remember thinking. I remember going. There's God put that dinosaur bones in the ground. That must have been how it was oh <laughs> uh, what now now this one if 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 this is just too loaded or you don't want to answer it, but where because I, I i i'm so interested in the journey where are the parts where theism is is entertained like where where are the because because I, I i love the posture you're taking uh, i don't know that there's not a god i believe that there's not a god but even as I've, I've heard you talk, there, there could be moments or arguments or statements where you go, okay, maybe there's something to that. What are the, what's the best of the other side? Um, that's the, certainly the worst. We are all familiar with that. But it, what do you hear or what do you see or what do you feel that, that, that doesn't necessarily lead you away, but just maybe gives you pause in the journey? You know, up until recently, um, I was a total victim to uh, the idea. I'm a spiritual person. You know, you would talk right, to somebody. Right. Yeah. You know, so you know, do you believe in God? Do you not believe in God? Well, I'm a spiritual person. Right. And I'm a total sucker for that. Like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but then I would go. What does that mean? Right. And I, I have no idea what that means. I, I, I think what that means is, yeah, I don't believe anything, but I don't want anybody thinking that. You know, I don't cry at a sunset every once You know, <laughs> I guess that's what that means. <laughs> but I've cried at sunset. Oh, you know? yes. What are you going to do, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, but now that, you know, I I, I, I love to, to uh, listen to podcasts like yours because I don't want to grow comfortable with the idea that I have now, which is that there's not a God. I feel like if that is a solid idea, I should be able to challenge it over and over and over again. Part of the reason that I, I do enjoy engaging in conversations with theists in a very respectful manner whenever possible, because, um, if I, if, if, if I, I 
really want somebody to change my mind. The truth of the matter is, uh, you know, even after I became an atheist, I still didn't reckon with the idea of uh, when you die, there is nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, <laughs> August 15th, 2009, I'm in a hotel room, and uh, the lights are out. It's a pitch-dark bedroom, and I'm having one of those nightmares where, you know, you, you, you're in and out of awake. Yeah. So sometimes you're awake, and it feels like dreaming, and sometimes you're asleep, and it feels like awake. And it was this nightmare of being buried alive, and oh. it was the— it was the most terrifying night ever. I like I remember the date, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't until then that I kind of had to deal with that idea that when you die, there's nothing. And I still, I still find it terrifying at times. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm comforted in the idea that, well, I didn't exist for billions of years <laughs> before I was born. How, why in the world would I? be freaked out about not existing for billion years yeah. after well you I won't die. know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right uh but boy do i i would so much rather be able to say yep i get to visit mom again you right, know right mm, yeah. so much better than that sure i i and um yeah you know, that that uh that that that's tough that's that's a tough sure. thing sure and and uh, so, yeah, I, I, there are a lot of things that I wish for, but I, I do have to kind of go, all right, that'd be nice to believe, but is there a reason to believe it? Right. Yeah, outside, of wish, outside of wish fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. No, dude, that's so good. And thank you. I mean, I think, you know, I think one of the, the things uh, that I love um, is that I find I would I would call atheists very spiritual people, and what I, what I would mean by that is often they spend more time thinking and wrestling about God, uh, not with God in the same way maybe a Christian would mean that phrase, but but there's a, there's a lot of energy and thought and passion directed um, towards towards these issues that that uh, I don't see in a lot of quote believers. Yeah. Right. They're just they're just the amount of, of, of wrestling and there there is this existential cost to both sides. There's an existential cost to a cosmic nothing, and then there's an existential cost for a cosmic something, and that it, and that it, and that both conversions you kind of have to reckon with differently. So, bro, thank you for for just being honest. I mean, I, I that's so um, interesting to me because. I think when you tone down all of the pros and the cons, there, there, there has to be this central humility to the idea that we're dealing with things that we know not of. And we're just kind of, we're, we're, we're each kind of aiming a little bit uh, in the dark. I saw a picture from the Hubble telescope this morning that you, you just went, you know, it was, it was one of the deepest looks into deep space. So deep, in fact, that space itself curves and actually allows us to zoom in. <laughs> and, and you just go, oh, my Lord, I can't even, I just feel so tiny. So, so bro, I think, that's, I think that's absolutely outstanding. If you uh, were, okay. as you talk to your son, and, and don't, you know, we want people to go to your Patreon account, so don't, don't give away anything, any, anything oh, no, too okay. juicy. But, but as you talk to him about religion, what's that conversation like? What, what would happen if he 
if he, you know, five years from now had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ, became, you know, uh, became a, a born again, first assembly guy, what, 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 how, how does that work itself out in the way that you parent him now? I imagine that, that, that experience as you described, you know, uh, a kid who has been raised secular, you know, coming out to their secular parents. <laughs> as a, I see uh, it. I see it. <laughs> as a theist, I think I could picture that for people who might have been born and raised as an atheist to be a lot more challenging for them. Yeah. For me, it doesn't take much for me to remember that experience. Yes. To, rem- to, to be able to go. And, and uh, obviously the first you know, reaction is, you know, I stare at my kid and go, hey, yeah, I remember when I was young and stupid too, you know? Right. But right. I, but the, the truth is that I, I could honestly remember. I remember being happy. Not that I'm not unhappy right, right, now, right. but I remember that community. I remember uh, that, that confidence that was so powerful that, oh my goodness, I, yes, this, this is it. And I have nothing more to worry about for the rest of my life because right. I'm going to be taken care of. That that idea that in my brain, I am no longer alone. Yeah. Which, you know, our, our brains are lonely places. Nobody else is thinking what we're thinking and nobody can hear those thoughts. Oh, that's and that, so good. And yeah, that, that's so good. It's so comforting to think. Yeah. No, I everything is being heard. Now, you know, when you... Sometimes you think bad thoughts, and you go, oh, I wish nobody could hear that. Right, but for the right, most right, part, right. we all want to be heard. Nobody wants to be alone. Right. And um, so I, I think I could very uh, easily be able to like, go back to that and go, yeah, you know, let's just keep talking. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's huge. When you, when you talk to him about religion, what's that mm. conversation like? Well, it's, uh, it's funny because it's, it's almost impossible for him to not pick up on yeah you know the 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 you know the things that I, that i'll say like you know i'll read an article and go oh my god what in the world is this person you know and he <laughs> picks up on he's a sensitive kid the way that like the children of, of christians or, of or muslims or yep. anybody else they have yep. the same thing they're gonna pick up on on stuff and and they'll pick up on the prejudices and they'll pick up on things that are not prejudices but they'll believe that they are because they're being expressed in a you know, in one of those sort of like, I'm not thinking it through because I'm not trying to communicate anything. I'm just reacting type of way, you know? Yeah. And um, so I think he's certainly, uh, he has uh, some of those. When when he was, um, oh, I think he must have been seven or about seven years old. My wife bought me, uh, bought us as, as a family tickets to see one of the greatest bands on earth. There's a band called Shearwater. And the guy, <laughs> he's got this angelic like voice and they were performing <laughs> a concert inside a church. And I was, I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be great to hear that voice in this church. It's going to be fantastic. We go, and we're sitting in the pew, and my seven-year-old son turns to my wife and I and says, what's up with that guy hanging off the letter T? <laughs> there you go. And I was like, oh, this is, oh, this I, is I, you know, right. We made it. And we made it. Right, right. Seven years. But what, <laughs> but what I've... I, what I you know now that you know five years later and me recognizing okay you know we're gonna need to to, to re-examine all this so that way you, just, you know you make sure he's exposed to it um, uh, 
I'm really, really uh, proud of how thoughtful he is. Yeah. And 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 I think and I'm very proud of how willing he is to um, disagree and to change his mind. And and one of the things that we say before every conversation that we record is I say to him, look, say anything you you know that you believe. Uh, but just do so with the understanding that in the future you may change your mind and it's okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's come on. Come on. Parenting <laughs> tips from Godless. I love it. Ah. Hey, but, um, you know, no, go in, ahead. In all of, I was going to say that, that, I mean, for every single person who's listening to our conversation and the three of us here have doubts about anything and everything, you know? Absolutely. And, and it's okay to confront those doubts to challenge those doubts to be angry at those doubts it's okay what's not okay is to ignore them yeah or to pretend they're unspiritual or not welcome or yes totally agree with that totally agree with that if 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 somebody when you were however age you were would have stood up and said yes acdc's killer instead of <laughs> instead of just looking at you like who the heck are you? Or <laughs> he's or, one of them. <laughs> or you know Stephen Jay Gould. I mean, he's you know was one of the foremost uh, advocates of of uh, evolutionary theory at, at a certain point in time to say, hey, the, the, you don't have to shut that whole thing off um, in the community of faith. That 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 there's room for the doubters and the skeptics. Um, and uh, I just think I think you know I, I don't know if you would agree with this. But I think um, that that at times I get I get accused of bashing the church too much, um, but I love it and I'm part of it, and so I feel permission to do it. But I feel like the church has done a, a great deal to create uh, the the reality of atheism, even beyond the intellectual arguments for it, because of the way the church has not handled people who sincerely doubt who sincerely have questions, who sincerely want answers, who say, you know, I mean, there, there are. So so one question I would have for you is, okay, if you were talking to somebody in a purely debate mode, so take the emotional existential part out of it, what are, what are some of the best arguments that you see intellectually for uh, agnostic atheism? Uh, and and then what would be what would be what's maybe the one on the other side that you've heard that's that you think is the best uh, for the theistic point of view? Uh, let me start with the the best. Um, this idea that um, there are things that are predicted and then later became true. Uh, and that is, there, there's examples of that in almost every religion. Um, and the idea that there must be some sort of kernel of truth that all of this comes from. Got it. That's a pretty, it's a pretty strong argument. Um, I don't buy it, yeah. but I do, I do, um, it, it, you know, it registers for me, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, uh, and it's still something that, that, that I'm always looking into. I, I, and for example, like the only one that I've looked into is the idea that there's predictions in the Bible. It's that, yes, there are, but it's kind of like, uh, it, it's kind of like arguing that the Eagles beat the Seahawks, but 
you might have made that prediction when the game was over and you never identified the score and or the who the players were and you know <laughs> you misspelled eagles you know what i mean it's like yeah but I, you know it's not yeah. a real those aren't real predictions but um so the thing that 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 gets me is this sort of just uh, uh on the opposite side that keeps me from uh uh uh, uh believing it's just one example after another of where the idea of a um, divine being having any influence on anything doesn't make sense. And and it, it, an example is just like what you were talking about. This idea of the universe is tremendously huge. And, you know, it, you know when you look back in history, people thought that God lived on the top of this mountain and couldn't right. climb. Right. And then he was up above the clouds until we, you know, put a airplane up there and then realized it wasn't there. Well, then he must be above the earth, but, you know, we get the satellites up there and, and they can't see him up there either. And then we realize how big the universe is and, and, and we're seeing to the edges and there's no evidence there either. And it's like, oh, well, well he must be just beyond the universe. And, and that just makes me go, really? There's... Jesus is hanging out outside this universe that's mind-blastingly big. And he's, you know, wondering whether it's okay if I masturbate or not, really? <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't buy it, this idea that if, if we were somehow chosen and, and somehow uh, uh, created with some sort of purpose, we would be in the middle. Or at least we'd be somewhere that doesn't look like a complete and utter accident. And and then the same is true with this idea that, oh, well, you know, the Earth is billions of years old, but humans, as we've known it, have really only been around for, what, a couple million? And even there, you know, there's this weird mix between, um, uh, you know, Homo sapiens and, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember the other one, but, you know, it's a, we were a blend of these other two. We used to think that we were one, and then we thought we might be the other. It turns out both are kind of true, and, you know, but there's no examples of, you know, none of it makes sense. Why would this book be plopped down only 2,000 years ago? You know, where has it been for hundreds of thousands of years and billions of years before that? Were we not ready? Well, but why does this book seem to have only been relevant for a few hundred years? And even then, it was written down when nobody was able to read. It wasn't until uh, Martin Luther that, you know, they put out a version where people could read it. And, hey, you know, all that just sort of, like, makes me go, that just doesn't make sense. If I wanted to, if, if I were a divine being that wanted to communicate, I would have communicated. But only in the last few hundred years has there been this communication and then this communication is kind of a jumbled mess. It seems very human like. Right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't right. it doesn't seem very divine. And all these things seem very natural, but they just don't seem divine. Right. Right. That's good. Um as you as you kind of chart a course, you know, forward, what uh what what's it like? I mean, how how recently did you move to Ireland? Uh, this is uh, about eighteen, well, fifteen, sixteen months ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So so what's it like uh, watching what's happening in America? Yeah, we're recording this <laughs> on the last day of the 
uh, GOP convention. Uh, what's that? You know, what's that like for you? You jumped off the bus before you hit before we hit the cliff. We want to know what the view's like. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. As we're plummeting, just tell us what it's like. Well, it's, it's, you know, here we, my wife, uh, before we got on the plane and moved to Ireland, she says, "You know, we're moving to one of the most religious countries on earth," and. <laughs> Uh, with a long, long history of people feeling pretty confident about what it is that they believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we get over there, you are going to keep your mouth shut. And, <laughs> and within two days, we're at this dinner party. Some friends had uh, had had uh, arranged, and they wanted to introduce us to their friends. All day. I'm sitting at this dinner, and this guy sits next to me. And like it's within like three minutes where he just says in the most relaxed way, Oh, I'm an atheist, and blah blah, and I was like, whoa, 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 and I'm, my wife sitting at the other end of the table. I'm like, honey, honey, and see, I'm, I'm to him, you, you tell her what you just said. I didn't ask him <laughs> anything, you know. The churches here in Ireland are being turned into apartment buildings and restaurants and pubs. Really? No, nobody is going to church. I, now, obviously, this is a Catholic country in the Republic of Ireland, and Northern Ireland is more of a Christian. Uh, a stronghold, but here in the Republic of, uh, Republic of Ireland, there are hardly any new priests. There are hardly any new nuns. There, if if you know, there might be none, as far as I know. But the the pews are empty. The churches are empty, um, and the the uh, confidence that people are uh, the, the comfort level that people have here in being able to. Just go, yep, I don't believe anymore, is staggering. Hmm. And how quick that that transition happened, uh, which obviously I wasn't here when this was the most religious country in the world, but I can promise you 20 years ago and hundreds of thousands of raped children before, this was not the way it was. But this country is safer, more peaceful, friendlier than ever in its history and um and and so it's been really interesting to see and the the, the other thing that's interesting is that people didn't go from catholicism to born-again christianity they've just let go of it mind you if you were to see a survey of people in ireland and, and the number of people who would say i'm an atheist is still incredibly low uh but what they will say is, I'm a Catholic. But what they mean is that they're culturally a Catholic. Right. Yeah. They, they might go to church for Christmas, but probably not. They probably don't really believe much at all, but they identify culturally with the idea of Catholicism. And that's what they mean when they answer it that way. Yeah. Um, not answering as to what their belief system actually is. So it's been really interesting to see that here. And obviously... Um, you know, a few days ago in the news, you know, the the here internationally, uh, you know, the, the really big story is the fact that the American military had murdered men, women, and children in Syria, 73 people, I believe it was, which is on the level of what that Muslim terrorist did in, um, uh, in Nice just a few weeks ago, killing 84 people with his bus. And, uh, um, his band, and um, and at a certain point, I, I, you know, I, and then and then I see in my Facebook feed nobody talking about 
this this murder, this mass murder that the military did. And, you know, I get it. USA, chant, patriots, the whole thing. But at a certain point, uh, you know, I'm left wondering, and I've got questions for both sides. Like, what makes a terrorist? Why does a terrorist do what they do? And I'm no longer asking that question of um, uh, uh, of these, these awful, awful uh, Islamic extremists. I'm asking it of the country of my birth, the country that my dad took my family to as an immigrant because he wanted it to be a better place. And yeah, I mean, it's politics more than it's religion, uh, but religion has a, has a very big, big place in why um, those, uh, those, those, those murders are happening. And it's sad beyond belief. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah, I don't think that got much play at all. It's right now. It's um, and what I what I'm reading. It's the it's we love Trump. We hate Trump. The world is ending. A vote for for uh, to not vote is a vote for Hillary. I mean, it's it's it is all fear. It's all crazy. And and you know the sadness for us is that the evangelical some parts of the evangelical church just cozy right up next to Donald as a kind of a last grasp of uh, political influence and authority. And it's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. So um, how many guest bedrooms do you have is the, is the next question. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a family of five and. Oh uh, man. You know. I thought you weren't Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, you, I, know. Like, the, I mean, I know that there are many, many different opinions within the evangelical community, but does the evangelical community sort of in, in general believe that George W. Bush was one of their own? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, that, and, that, and to me, you know, that, that particular presidency, which is not, you know, the Obama presidency has done that presidency no favors whatsoever. I, I, I feel like, you know, uh, excuse my language, but, you know, George W. Bush, uh, put the flaming poo on the doorstep and then Obama came along and stomped it out, you know, putting poo everywhere. I'm sorry. That language is unwelcome. Uh, that, that, the poo language. I, I adjusted after I said I was going to, uh, uh, but, but, you know, this is a, this is a, um, a, a man who supposedly was, you know, and I, I, I'll believe him. He, he's probably as true believer as, as anybody, but, how he could be behind the torturing of people, how he could be behind the murder of, of people. I don't know how, I, you know, I don't know how any political... Well, there was, a, well, there, was a, night, there was a study that came out, oh man, I'd have, to, I'd have to find it, maybe four years ago, that found among uh, special interest groups, evangelicals most favored torture as a way to ensure um, uh, national safety, which, you know... Um, doesn't sound a whole lot like Jesus. Uh, and so, so, you know, the, for those of us that are of the evangelical tribe, we, we've had to abandon the word entirely because it's been co-opted um, by, by political, the political stuff, but it's also been co-opted by the absolute um, hypocrisy and the ugliness that have come from, in the name of Jesus, deliberately not practicing his teachings. 
and uh, yeah. and and at some point, you know, we don't have we don't have another label for those of us that are just kind of sitting out there. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it, these are interesting these are interesting days because the tribe. I feel Andy and I we're talking. We feel kind of very lonely in in the sense that there isn't that there isn't this that whatever whatever is going to come next hasn't fully come, but we're watching the old thing die, and uh, and so you know we're cheering its death uh, to some degree, but it, but it's still I, I know you know exactly what this feels like as you went through your spiritual journey. Um, it's still kind of disorienting to say, well, I can't, I don't know that I can identify with that word or that tribe anymore because of where this thing's going. It's always interesting when, you know, you you, uh, find yourself in a room of people that you thought were, uh, you know, aligned with you. And then you look around and, and you go, either they are really ugly or I am, but I don't want to be with this in this room anymore. And that's, you know, as a, as a former you know conservative, political <laughs> politically conservative, right. I certainly feel that that way now. I felt that way for a long time, but you know now it's more than ever. And um, but I think that a lot of that for me as a as a as a as a Christian, I was uh, I found like the prosperity gospel very uncomfortable and very counter to what I was then being told minutes later was elements of the Bible about right. the idea that, I mean, I I, I I remember counting, but, I, you know, I think that the idea of, um, you know, being poor, being necessary in the Bible is mentioned dozens and dozens and dozens of times, whereas, you know, whether you're gay or not, I don't recall that at all. Right, you right, know what right. I mean? Well, yeah, so, there, there are 2,000 verses that deal with greed, and depending on how you define the terms, there are six um, that either explicitly or implicitly refer to same-sex uh, behavior. So, so when you know, one of the things that's disturbing to us is the inconsistency of the application. Mm-hmm. If you're, I'm fine. If 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 you're gonna if you're gonna say, okay, homosexuality is wrong, good. Then are you saying that same thing about divorce, which Jesus did speak to directly? Are you saying that same thing about greed? Are you saying the same thing about pride and selfish ambition? Are you consistent? And I think that's where our gay brothers and sisters have rightly exposed this, this incredible double standard um, uh, that, that we are usually guilty of judging in others the sins we are least guilty of ourselves and ignoring uh, the sins in us that we're most guilty of, right? So, so you don't hear a lot of conservatives condemning greed. You hear a yeah, lot of conservatives okay. condemning, you know, gay sex. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I agree with you. And and you had a really great episode on that topic uh, uh, just a few months ago. But I, I take it one step further in that there are things that are addressed in the Bible that are uh, claims that something is a sin that I just don't believe are a sin. Yeah. And, and that, uh, uh, that, uh, you know, it's for me to, to change my lifestyle to, to, um, uh, to ask me to teach my child a certain way. You have to provide some evidence that what you are claiming is true or else I, I can't, I can't, uh, 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 just buy it wholesale because that would make anybody who makes any extraordinary claim just as valid. And now I'm blowing with the wind as far as 
you know, which claim I'm going to change my life sure. over. Sure. And, uh, and, and so, you know, the, the one thing I would clarify there is, you know, you said that the, you know, there's only six, uh, you know, things talking about the homosexual activity and, but, you know, I used to believe in that idea that, oh, well, gays, they're just got, you know, dudes who just want to do it, you know, and you know, they can't get a chick, you know. <laughs> I remember, you know, I remember thinking that, and then I remember seeing this great documentary called uh, Silver Like Life, The View From Here, and it was these two men who were documenting uh, their life after they both had uh, uh, contracted HIV and, and, and had, had, had turned into AIDS. And to, to their dying days, these two men had an absolute and total genuine love for each other. And there was, there is, I, I have not seen love like that. And I hadn't seen love like that in, in hardly anywhere from any couple. Right. That to me was real. That meant something. And to, to walk away from seeing that experience. And now of course, you know, you know, I have gay friends and I, I, and now, you know, sort of, you know, I, I, I am much more exposed to it, but at the time now, you know, just seeing it through a television, um, it was shocking to me. And, and it, it shook me to my core because I immediately said, how in the world can I take happiness from these two? How could I possibly feel confident enough that what I think is true and have them compromise their lives at all. Right. And I couldn't, I, I can't, I couldn't be that bold. I, there's no way. I, <laughs> I, I... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so interesting because you have, you have not only the scripture, and, and again, I try to nuance it by saying, you know, depending on how you're defining things, because there's some scholarship out there that say, hey, you know what the the passages in question are talking about are are not not covering the scenario you just described, um, and uh, and so so you know one of the one of the things in the last thirty years has been the number of of scholars who've come to that you know that conclusion, um, but but there also is this thing that you're pointing out of how 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 your view is used then to bring harm to others so it's not just the view but then it then it's how it's used so you have you know instead of evangelicals rushing into the aids crisis uh, you've got the judgments you know you remember this as a as a child of the 80s you've got the judgments the fear the you know and it was a it was a surgeon general um c everett coop if you remember him who actually was the first christian but even it wasn't it was it was in his role as Surgeon General, who began to open the door uh, for compassion towards uh, victims of HIV and AIDS, so they're, 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 you know, we're wrestling with not only interpretive issues, but then you're wrestling with the out. So, so if you believe that God's ideal is one man, one woman, one lifetime, how you how you live in that view now becomes an issue of following Jesus too. What we've done in evangelical circles has just made as long as you're right the most important thing. So as long as you hold the right view, it doesn't matter how you hold it, it's that you hold it. And what we're trying to say is, no, 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 how you hold the view is more Jesus-y than the view you hold. So, so is it, 
So, so that to us is the interesting nuance that you're pointing out. It's not just the view itself, but it's how do you hold it in a Jesus kind of way that's so interesting to us. I, I get that, but I think that even <laughs> prepare for everybody to throw their uh, uh, cell phones at the wall. <laughs> and I say this, but I think that Jesus failed at communicating what it is that he wanted to communicate, if you are right. Okay, good. Talk, and, talk more about that. And, and, you know, it's been a while since I've read the Bible. I've read it <laughs> multiple times. At a, certain, at a certain point, it's really hard to read it. I understand. We're, we're not going to hold you. We're not going to hold you to technical, yeah. technical accuracy. Give, give yeah. us, but that's an interesting, but, that's an interesting, interesting take. So explore that. Well, all right, so uh, one example, let's, you know, I don't remember the Sermon on the Mount exactly. I, I, I certainly remember Monty Python's interpretation of it from The Life of Brian. Yes, yes. Much better, which is probably <laughs> really darn accurate, you know, uh, which is them standing there going, what did he say? I don't know, I think he said, blessed are the, 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 the wheat. <laughs> what are wheat? <laughs> you know, um, but... You know, when you, you read through that Sermon on the Mount, you yep. go line by line, yep. I go, well, geez, there's so much of this that I don't think is true. I don't think that you should react this way when, you know, somebody does X to you. And so I turn, don't think turn that, in the other cheek? Or uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back through it, and I feel like I'm un, you know, completely unprepared to do so. No, but no, I, no I would, Keep I going. Would encourage I would encourage everybody to kind of go, okay, let's, let's assume that these are Jesus's words, which are is an incredible leap of faith unto itself. Then, do you agree with all that is said there? And do you think that what is said there is right? Uh, and I, you know, I, I'd love to go, you know, line by line and 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 do it. Oh, oh, you know, there's a, a really great website called IronChariot.org, um, and if I recall right, they do. Uh, take a look at that uh, um, uh, that passage as a really great example of yeah this this isn't this isn't actually morally correct. Um, so Ooh. and I, I godless I is speaking. Of, <laughs> I I yeah you know. Um, so get back to the failed thing. He failed. If we're right, mm -hmm. he failed in what he was trying to communicate. What uh, go there? That's interesting. Well, just one line in particular that, like, I am not here to, to I, what did you say exactly? I, I'm not here to eradicate the Old Testament. I'm here to fulfill you know, it. Uh, to fulfill it. I'm not right? here to abolish. I'm here to fulfill it. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in that Old Testament that is not moral by any stretch of the imagination. And if uh, he believes that, that's when I start to to say, well, you know, not only, only would I be an atheist, but I would go another level. I would become an anti-theist. The idea that if you think that dashing babies against rocks, if you think that stoning um, women who have uh, 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 committed, committed adultery, adultery yeah, yeah. yeah, if you believe that that um, uh, that people should be enslaved for or genocide. Or, or genocide, yeah, all that stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll help you I, out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Annihilation I, of entire I'm, nations. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stand in, in front of that God and go, you know what? You suck. 
and and you know and people will go how could you do that but read that thing and go do i believe that because if you do bombing a bunch of people innocent people in syria bombing a hospital in syria makes total sense right yeah it's it, that yeah this is a whole other can so that, yes, so but that's a failure in jesus's communication if, if he doesn't believe that that's true, he never, never gives any indication that that or any clarification as to how it should be dealt with. How is it that the Ten Commandments, you know, it's got don't put this plant, this food next to that food and whatnot, stuff like that. But there's not like, you know, don't freaking rape a child in my church. <laughs> in my name right yeah right. how does that not come up and, uh, and, and this idea that well uh, people weren't ready for it yet really kids weren't ready to not get raped and you've you know. godless you've given us we'll probably have another two podcasts just talking about <laughs> this conversation <laughs> so so I have good to prepare for that one a lot i'm gonna go on another no, show no no, no. <laughs> yeah. don't listen no one of the 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 goal of this was to hear we wanted to get inside a bit of of your world and just because i think um we would both agree that the worst way to raise children is to uh have them in a bubble uh, where they're only exposed to X, they're never exposed to Y and Z and the big world, and they're never taught to think for themselves and to wrestle and to ask questions. And and so I I very much enjoy um, hearing the journey. And uh, but I love I mean some of the stuff you're bringing up. I have so many thoughts on that. And and I, and I really appreciate it. There there um, there are. Uh, when when the new atheists arrived on the scene, I mean, this was the splash. You know, this was this was the splash that they made. Is that that, that the God of the Old Testament is is um, he's homophobic and he's uh, anti women and he's and he's it just. De- I mean, it was a devastating emotional because you 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 read the accounts. You start in Genesis and you go to Malachi and, and there's some just gruesome stuff in there. And then the argument that you're making is well, if Jesus came and said, hey, I, I came to not abolish that, but to fulfill it, well, then that just puts him in the same stream, right? And why wouldn't he repute all, repudiate all of that? Am I getting that right? Yeah, to a degree. And, you know, I, I, I've heard you say in the past that you make sense of the Old Testament by starting with the new and going back. Yep. And I, I, I look forward to hearing <laughs> you work your way through that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. So, so let me do this. Can we do this, Godless? Can you, can you let, I want to go back and listen to this. And I want to try to take the two or three big things you said. And I want to do my best to respond to them as we, as if we were uh, in Ireland um, having um, having beer, and uh, and then I want you and then I want to come back and and talk about that because that as I've heard you talk this this is the one area where I really see you get cranked that that and not in a bad way but I mean in the sense of the God of the Old Testament and the the um, the seemingly immoral or amoral figure that's presented there 
that who, if then Jesus is validating, disqualifies Jesus for the same reasons. I think that, I think you're, I think a lot of folks are sitting there. And that was the, that was the, the, when Hitchens' book came out, that was the critique. That was the emotional critique of how can you, how can you stand and think this is a moral God? This is the God that defines good, defines morality. Is that, is that fair? Is that okay? Yeah, that's that's, that's definitely a good part. I think that, you know, um, there's enough in that New Testament as well that is not attached to the old that makes me cringe. Yes. And uh, and I'd love to, you know, come up with some great examples for you uh, there too. But, um, you know, I I do have to say this, like, you know, for, for, for your audience, I can promise you there are people in the audience who... Um, they, their, their spouse, their, um, siblings, their, their parents, their kids, whoever may be atheists and, and they're going to be really, really challenged, um, when they discover that. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, I, in, in the atheist community, you hear horror story after horror story from people who are, are pastors, for example, who lost their belief and were ostracized completely from not only their friends and their community, but their jobs as well. And, yeah. and just, yeah. you know, you want to talk about going to the desert for a while to figure stuff out. That's yeah. what they're doing, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and uh, yep. whether, whether you believe or you not believe, love matters. And love is important, and, uh, uh, and it's the best way. And you don't need Jesus to believe that that is true. You just need to have felt it. And when you feel love, you go, this is good. I want to share this and because it doesn't cost me anything. When someone comes out in your family, don't share love with them because you believe Jesus said you should. Share love with them because it feels good to do so and because it, it, it feels good for the people who are receiving it too. And, is somebody, and, and, hold on, is somebody preaching right now? Is, that, is, somebody, is somebody throwing it down? Right now, it see it seems Wait, like it desk- seems like it seems like there's something being said right now. I, I don't get an opportunity to talk to a CS audience very often. See? <laughs> Wait, we're being played. I see. What? I see what's happening here. <laughs> you don't even need Jesus to preach, evidently. Come on. Hey, bro, thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. Seriously, uh, so good, so good. Um, and, and, you know, you, one of the things I like about you is I, I would, if you were uh, closer, uh, you, you're the kind of person I'd love to sit down and, and share a meal with. Cause I, I think it'd be fascinating. So that's, that's, that, that's my way of saying, man, thank you for, for being, um, for being honest and integrous and, uh, and just willing to, uh, open up the conversation in ways that I think are great. So appreciate you, ma'am. Hey, thank you guys both. Metal Sucks Podcast, metalsucks.net, yep. and uh, again, Mark Solomon, I am very, very Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'll have a reunion tour at some point. Yeah. But, <laughs> Serious. Uh, Mark's, Mark's, still, uh, Mark's still in therapy. It's fine. Um, so, so listen, my friend, all right, we'll, uh, we'll, hit, we'll hit unrecord, and then we're going to say nice things about you to your face, and, uh, and uh, then we'll go from there. All right? So, Andy, hit it. Cool. See you later, Godless. All right. See you guys. Thanks. So there you have it, sports fans. It was good. 
Good stuff. So like we talked about in the uh, in the interview, um, we'll uh, we'll cook up and, and we could have gone the debate route. I mean, for, for sure. sure. I mean, you know, I've got thoughts and he's got thoughts on my thoughts and we could have gone that way. But um, I, I wasn't interested in that. These aren't new arguments and, and the responses that I would give aren't new responses. But we will do what we said. We'll um, we'll uh, cook up a kind of a, an episode that sort of debriefs this a little bit. And uh, then allow him to respond to it, and mm -hmm. he just, you know, he just seems like a great guy. And yeah, uh, and you're in Ireland, um, so I want to build some sort of uh, friendship so that he can uh, he can house my family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, no. where we're setting up different forms of refuge around the world for yeah, exactly. you know, in preparation like of what's going to happen in November. We have safe houses. <laughs> so so one of the huge values we have uh, for the Vox community. And the Vox podcast is engaging in countercultural friendship, and and what we mean by that is, it's easy to be around people who think like you, act like you, talk like you. I mean, that's and that's normally what we as Jesus followers do, uh, but it's so good to sit in situations and to just listen, to not have to answer, to not have to argue, to just listen, and uh, and to learn and to to glimpse uh, walking in someone else's shoes for a little bit. So. So to me, this was very, very enjoyable um, and uh, appreciate him uh, sharing so openly and honestly about where he's at. So uh, stay tuned, uh, but we can't help. We can't help but do a little blessing. We just oh, can't. We can't help ourselves. Doggone it. It's, it's just twitchy thing that unless we do it, you know, <laughs> um, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you may the lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace and uh and and as an amen we would just all say together jesus take the wheel yep amen but if you're driving just yeah that don't do that might not be a yeah. good idea no unless you're unless you're in an accident and then and then <laughs> oh, no. jesus take the wheel so all right till next time thanks for listening to vox the mike Erie podcast be sure to like Mike on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official Mike Erie. Follow Mike on Twitter and Periscope at Mike Erie for live interaction and ongoing Q&A. Don't forget to visit subversivekingdom.com for further engagement and information about Mike.